Crab's Journal 23. All that stuff in the TV shows and soapy novels, you know, the long lost son rushing joyfully into his parents' forgiving arms, honey and syrup dripping all over them, is strictly nonsense. When I walked into the room and shut the door behind me and stood there, the lounge filled with sharp tension. They turned and looked at me, my father's arm slipping from my mother's shoulder. She had a lace hanky in her hand, all wrinkled and damp, and she began to worry it with her fingers. Nobody spoke. I walked over and stood before them in the center of the room. Hi, I said immediately, feeling stupid at the emptiness of the greeting. Let's sit down. I sat immediately in an armchair so nobody would fumble around, not knowing whether to hand out hugs or handshakes. They took the couch opposite me. There was about eight feet of ugly worn beige carpet between us. Silence again. My mother blew her nose. She kept looking at me, then away, like you do at a party when you want to check out a stranger, but you don't want to seem obvious about it. My father unbuttoned his coat and looked at the floor. How have you been? He said after clearing his throat noisily. I'm okay now, thanks, I answered. I'll be leaving in a couple days. No, Dr. Brown said you should stay for another week, he said. I think I'm all right, really, I cut in. I'll leave when I think I'm ready. Now listen, Franklin. The old look I knew so well had invaded his face, so I cut off what I knew was going to be in order. Dad, I'm sorry to interrupt. Let's, stop, let's not start like this, okay? He accepted that and settled back into the sofa, crossing his ankles, an old habit. The plastic covering squeaked around his weight. Silence again. My mother continued to twist her hanky around with her thin hands. Will you, she began, will you be coming home then? This question was quite a statement. The very fact that she didn't assume I'd come, I'd come back or that my father didn't demand it told me that things had changed, a breakthrough. I realized then, looking at their uncomfortable postures and hesitant, almost embarrassed faces, that they were as confused as I was. Who was this stranger who confronted them, puffing away on a little pipe, sick and bandaged? Was he crazy, as Dr. Brown had almost pro had probably told them? Would he blow up in front of them or fall down in a fit? Mary once told me that the person who cares least about a relationship controls it. I realized that if I wanted to, I could control this situation, but I didn't want to, and I especially didn't want to hurt them anymore or get revenge or any of that crap. I just wanted to be taken seriously. I thought about what Mrs. Owens had said, and it fit exactly with Mary's advice. I was a different person than the one who left these two parents months, or was it centuries, ago. I did not intend to go back. I don't know, answered my mother. I, maybe, I don't know what I want to do yet. More silence. It's not too late to go back to school, Franklin, said my mother hopelessly. Like she felt she ought to try at least once. The university would probably accept you as a late registration. Your father could speak to them. She rushed on. You could come home and... She trailed off after looking at my face. No, Mom, that's out. Definitely. Besides, I missed my diploma. I didn't write the finals. They gave it to you on your term work, but you missed the scholarship, said my father bitterly. I don't care, Dad. I just don't. He looked away out the window. 
This was hard for him. He and my mother had had it all planned and I wrecked it. Mom and dad, I began a new tack, remembering Mrs. Owens. I want to say something. I'm not sure how to. I'm sorry I did this to you. My mother began crying silently. I just want you to know it wasn't your fault, my running away. I thought it was, but it wasn't. It isn't anybody's fault. Oh, Franklin, her voice cracked. We were afraid you were dead. The police, we had to check all the hospitals, the morgue. She broke down and anger swept into her voice. How could you? How could you do that to me? I said nothing. After a bit, she calmed down again. She blew her nose. My father shifted, unseeing eyes from the window to the tattered arm of the sofa. He began to pick up a rip on the covering. I was shocked to see his chin trembling. A single tear rolled down his broad cheek and plopped onto his lapel, unnoticed. What was it? He said in a cracked whisper. Where did I go wrong? What did I do wrong? He turned toward me. I had never seen my father show grief before. Ah, Dad, don't, I pleaded. What's the point? There's no use going back. Can't we just put it behind us? What's the point? I'll tell you what's the point, Franklin. His voice was rising. I want to know. I want to know what was so terrible about the way you were brought up. You had everything. Brains, the smartest kid in the school, the best of everything, home, family, a promising career, a future. He sort of wound himself down like my mother did. His anger subsided. Dad, I said as gently as I could, I was a rich, spoiled, mixed up, semi-alcoholic teenager who couldn't find his ass with both hands. You can't blame that on us, hissed my mother, and you weren't an alcoholic. I'm not blaming on you, I continued as calmly as I could. Can't you see that? I'm not blaming anything on anybody. Franklin, said my father, you haven't answered my question. I have to know. I'm sorry I jumped on you a minute ago. I understand you're not blaming us, but I have to know what went wrong. It's driving me crazy. Don't you know, Dad? Deep down inside, don't you know? He turned to the window again. I want to be taken seriously, Dad, to run my own life. I'm not invisible. All my life I've been locked into other people's expectations. Yours, Mom's, my teachers. Everybody wants me to live their lives. Where do I come in? Being wealthy, being smart, that doesn't make it easier, Dad. It makes it harder. People expect more from you, and when you don't measure up, if you're just a normal kid, they figure you're letting down the side. Lots of kids at school hate me because my parents are rich, and I don't need to study. You know? And I, I was really rolling, but very calm, not angry. I just wanted them to understand. If I did something well, it was considered natural because I was wealthy. But if I screwed up, then I got the credit for the screw-up. And the craziest part was, all my life, people acted like I was king of the world, like I had life by the short hairs. But I was just a slave. I looked at my parents, and I said quietly and with feeling, well, that's over now. My life belongs to me. If you can't accept that, well, it doesn't matter if you accept it or not. I sat back, exhausted. I had a coughing fit. My chest still hurt a bit. My father turned to my mother and said, I guess that's that. She nodded. Silence again. They both studied the carpet. They must have been warned not to ask about what I was doing during my absence or where I was, because they said nothing. 
After a while, they left. As I walked back to the ward, I felt like you do when you tidy up a room that has been so messy it's been bugging you for a long time. And you look it over. It makes you feel a little better, putting your house in some sort of order.